Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Jack Jewel podcast. Yes, very glad to be back. Just me today. Welcome back, whether you are watching on YouTube, listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. I am very glad to have you here with me. So much to get through today. Joe Biden has recently joined TikTok, and it's pretty cringe. So we're going to have a look at that. Also, an American crime drama, Law and Order. There is a character on this who recently refused to out her perpetrator for a very violent attack simply because he is black. And also our beloved favorite section, you're going to want to wait to the end because we have some more crazy, unhinged and wild woke TikToks. That's right. Edinburgh University in Transrau after Stonewall Critic appointed as the rector. So Edinburgh University, this is in Scotland. So I wasn't sure what a rector was initially, but I looked this up and it is a member of the university's governing body, university court, championing the views of students and staff. In recent times, rectors have served as a point of contact for the university community, seeking to assist with difficulties or issues where they arise. So it seems like some sort of kind of care liaison person, but also I think they get involved in diversity and inclusion initiatives. They're kind of focused on that sense of community within the university. Simon Fanshaw. So he is a former comedian who helped found the LGBT charity in 1989. So he was one of the founders of Stonewall. And he's going to take up the position next month after his elected was unopposed. So initially, sounds great, right? A gay man. He helped set up Stonewall back when it was still (laughs) not crazy, not unhinged, not fighting for ridiculous demands. You know, this has sparked outrage with the university. Students are trying to get him barred. One thing I do question is that only one valid nomination was received, which was him. And then he was just named rector uncontested. So I would definitely question that. What is their system for nominating people? And did no one else want the position? Did they tell anyone? Because if the students are this upset about it, surely there would have been opportunities to hire, you know, some trans activist from Stonewall currently (laughs) instead. But Simon Fanshawe, the reason this is controversial is because he did leave Stonewall when they took over, you know, all the trans lobbying and trans rights activism. And he actually endorsed a letter which was written from the LGB Alliance, I believe, accusing Stonewall of undermining women's sex-based rights and protections and demonizing anyone who dissented from its gender policies as transphobic. So we all know that that is 100% correct. TRA's trans activist community will silence women, anyone who has even questions, anyone who believes 98% of trans rhetoric, but then says, oh, there's actually this one little thing I want to question, transphobic. But this is just transphobic. I just thought, transphobic, get out. That's how it works. So I completely agree with him. The letter also said, LGB people like us have been writing to Stonewall for over a year, trying to set up a dialogue with them. It's about the fact that they have chosen to prioritize trans people and have almost abandoned their original mission, protecting people who are same-sex attracted. So clearly, they saw the conflict between gender ideology and homosexuality as we have gender identity taking precedent for how you describe your attractions. If you are gay, it's about you are attracted with someone's identity of man or woman rather than their sex. And they naturally have concerns over this because we all see what's happened when we let those ideas come loose. People on TikTok becoming a bit grapey, for want of a better word. So they also said, sadly, we do need protection. Young lesbians in particular are suffering, experiencing huge social pressure to transition to male if they do not conform to traditional gender stereotypes. I completely agree. I feel like we see a trend with particularly non-binary. I feel like a lot of the girls are lesbian and maybe slightly awkward. I still think lesbianism is quite stigmatized in a very different way to being gay is because I just feel like people forget about them. They don't look at it as valid or interesting or trendy, perhaps, while gay men maybe have suffered a lot more abuse. I do think people sort of view them as a commodity. Everyone wants that gay best friend. And sadly, gender ideology seems to be impacting lesbians the most. As we also know, we have all of these trans lesbians saying that these women should be attracted to them. So naturally, they have concerns. I am very, very happy about this piece of news. (laughs) Normally, everything we react to is a bit bleak. 
very critical. But I am, I just want to give props to Edinburgh University, which oddly enough, Scotland is kind of like the Canada of the UK, more the wokest part of the UK. The Scottish National Party are a complete mess. They've been trying to get in self-ID through reforming the Gender Recognition Act for a long time. The rest of the government in the UK keeps blocking them. And it was in Scotland where we had these issues of a trans woman going into a women's prison who had been committed of violent acts against other women. So all the issues seem to be there. I don't know if this is sort of trying to pose to the government's actions and how people are feeling in Scotland due to all of these things happening. But for Simon, who is being uh, appointed as this rector, he said that uh, he is going to implement a free speech campaign and will do all I can to advance the university and its staff and students and fearlessness in the exchange of ideas. Amazing. I think we all know that universities are one of the institutions that have been completely captured by woke ideology. Nearly every academic is a leftist. People are learning, studying things, gender studies, queer theory, fat studies. That's a real thing now. And naturally, it's a social justice warrior culture where they are extremely intolerant of other arguments. They can't even listen to the other side. So this is great progress. I think I've heard that infiltrating academia and getting universities to change their mind, getting them to introduce new ideas is essentially a brick wall at this stage. And they are the machine, the funnel for our youth. They get charged through these universities and then they're coming out with these polarized views. So I think this is a great thing. Excited to see what he does. Hopefully he'll introduce critical thinking. And people were very angry about this. Of course, we had that, I don't feel safe. Trans people aren't, and non-binary people won't feel safe. Doesn't mean anything really, does it? Someone can just object to something and say, I have concerns. And then, oh my God, I don't feel safe. This new rector who clearly has good intentions is going to genocide me. That's where we're at. That's where we're at. So that's a piece of good news. Next, this one from the US. Hello. Republicans are refining the word equal in an Iowa anti-trans bill. So notice it's always anti-LGBTQ, anti-trans. It's not just clarifying things or improving the language. What we know to be a distinction between trans people and non-trans people, protecting kids from abuse, it's always anti-trans. So this bill would require transgender people to be identified on birth certificates, a measure some compare to pink triangles by the Nazis in the 1940s. Such a leap. So we have a bill in Iowa wanting to have a marker on birth certificates to indicate if someone's trans. So it would say female, but they are trans. So that would indicate this person is born male. Doesn't seem like an issue to me. Says anyone born in Iowa who wishes to change their birth certificate after obtaining gender-affirming care would be forced to have both gender markers on their birth certificates, making their transgender identity obvious anytime they use their birth certificate. Oh my god, the world will end. It's World War II, everyone. I had to show someone my birth cert and it has that I am trans, which is something that I am on it. <laughs> Insane. I just don't know where to start with this. The Guardian is, you know, RIP. You, you see some balanced articles in it, but it's, some of it is just so left and so woke that it's difficult to stomach. But I like going to different sources for the news items because I don't want to just always read one side and get lost in a conservative hole, get lost in a leftist hole. I see a very stark difference between the messaging in The Guardian and The Telegraph. And this one just takes the cake because they are comparing just a marker on a birth certificate to indicate an objective fact about someone to people being identified with pink triangles by the Nazis. So if you don't know what this is, in World War II, different types of groups were sent to the concentration camps. The largest one we know was Jewish people, obviously. We also had Romanian gypsies, I believe, disabled people. And we also had gay people. So they were signified by these pink triangles and obviously, the intentions behind the pink triangles are very different to a simple marker on a birth certificate in Western society in the US where people are not at risk of being 
shipped off to Auschwitz, being put in the gas chambers? Absolutely not. They're simply wanting to implement it because sex is an objective fact and sometimes sex matters. There are occasions when, you know, your identity will be fine. You know, showing someone your ID to buy alcohol at the supermarket, fine. Probably on your driver's license, doesn't make much of a difference. Your passport, bit shaky on that one. But I think a birth certificate is your record at birth. It is when you came out of the womb. And to rewrite that is to rewrite history. We can't rewrite the past just because we don't want to offend people. And it doesn't equate to anything to do with Hitler (laughs) or the Nazis. Absolutely gobsmacked. Anti-trans bill. But we might as well call this a anti-reality propaganda story because think about it, how often do you need to produce your birth certificate in life? It happens almost never. I've heard from trans women in the UK who are public about their transition, and they haven't even bothered getting a gender recognition certificate because they never need their birth certificate. It's like, well, when would I need to produce this? And, you know, they're jumping on this to just show, oh my God, like another one of these bills. It's such an unsafe time for queer people, all the anti-LGBT bills. When you actually look into them, None of them are that crazy, right? But of course, they'll argue that all of the bills protecting kids from being sterilized are anti-LGBT. Next, back to the UK, coming back here. NHS, which is our national health service, the public healthcare system, which is an absolute mess. They are shutting down the LGBT rainbow badge rating scheme for hospitals. So what is this? Charities like Stonewall funded to work with trusts but health department says it continuously reviews if quote-unquote diversity roles are good value. Since 2021, employees of the NHS Rainbow Badge Scheme, sounds fun, had assessed how hospitals treat LGBT patients by rating them as either gold, silver, or bronze. Can you believe it? I, I'm very curious what would be... <laughs> what? How would you pass a test to say you are bronze? So they obviously have people that go into these hospitals and somehow assess how are you treating LGBT patients and then they give them a rating of bronze, silver and gold. I would assume that they give surveys to LGBT patients. Is that even a thing? I would, you know, I would only guess that to be rated gold, they have to shower this patient with glory, give them special attention, pave the halls with gold for them in a red carpet just because they're gay when in reality... What the hospital should want to do is to aim to treat every individual equally and as individuals independent from one another, regardless of their race, their disability status, their sexuality, their religion. That's all they need to do. Why do we need all of these different DEI programs? Because in the end, all it does is separate us more. And then we're judging them only on how they treat LGBT people. And of course, the recent rules that came in, them wanting to keep trans women in a separate ward to women because of a threat that it may pose. Everyone's gone crazy over this. I think it's a great decision. And in actual fact, I would obviously question the motives behind this because if they moved gay men to the, to a different ward than straight men, that, that would be very odd and questionable. However... I would still probably enjoy having my own room because especially if you're trans and you're in hospital, you're probably going to be the only trans woman there. So why not just have a private room? Is that not a good thing? But no, because putting this in place means that trans women are not fully women and they cannot have that. So I'm not surprised that this is happening because given the new decision by the NHS for this, I would assume that now hospitals, none of them will pass this rainbow badge scheme because they will have trans women hosted in separate wards. And the fact that the NHS, our National Health Service, this is a publicly funded body. It is paid from our taxes. It is absolutely on its knees. Waiting lists are, you know, two years plus for people. Even cancer patients are losing lives because they're not being seen quickly enough. The hospitals are short staffed. The staff are so badly paid. People are leaving their jobs, moving countries. It is an absolute mess. And there's been conversations for years now about privatizing part of it so that portion of the UK who do have the money to have health insurance can go that route. And then we can prioritize public health for people who really need it. I am very in favor of that, but the lefties here won't have it. They want to keep this system, which actually oppresses us, doesn't make any sense. When we have a service that's literally on its knees, we do not care about rainbow badges. I'm a gay person and I have a number of long-term health conditions. 
um, which I spoke about previously on my channel. But in my time as a patient, since I arrived in the UK, you know, I've never felt treated differently because of my sexuality. I haven't even felt like it's been relevant. I don't think anyone's mentioned it. Obviously, when you go for a sexual health screening, they ask you, but all of those clinics are very LGBT friendly. You know, their main customer is gay men. So in my opinion, first-hand experience, there's been absolutely no issues. And I've been to many different hospitals. Now that's just me, anecdotal. Some doctors are so overworked that they don't treat patients particularly nicely, but it doesn't have anything to do with my sexuality, for sure. They can be dismissive. So as a taxpayer in the UK, I'm very glad that they are pulling this. I don't think they need to be wasting their money. And Stonewall and Pink News can freak out, but it's happening. Let's take a break from these news headlines for a quick infomercial from Law & Order. Just kidding. So this episode clip went viral a couple of weeks back. And essentially what we see here is a victim of grape. I'll use that word. She was graped by a black man in this robbery. But when it comes to testifying in court and it being very clear who the perpetrator was and all she needs to do is, you know, point to him and say, it's him. It was him because they found his DNA, you know, on her clothing. So it's it's undeniable that this is the case. But he's black, right? And remember, white guilt runs so deep in America that it may come into play here. Let's give it a look. But Natalie, Jay Watson, to you. You think I forgot? How could I? This entire trial has been an exercise in reminding me. And this is your chance to do something about it. I am going to. Believe me. Because I can. I can afford therapy. I have that luxury. And maybe one day I'll be okay. But if that teenager goes to prison, he may not be. Ever. Speechless, everyone. I mean, you can see that we've come full circle here. I don't want to sound, what's the word, disrespectful when I say this, but if any of you have seen To Kill a Mockingbird, a white girl is attacked by her brother or her father, who essentially abuses her. Um, but there is a black man. And when it comes to, you know, trying to pin someone down for the person that attacked her, she decides to put it on him because people are going to believe that right and then he goes down for it and he gets executed for it sorry for the spoiler you can see now we've come all the way around in <laughs> now it's a black man that has brutally assaulted a woman in the worst way you can assault another woman and she is concerned because he's black and he's oppressed so she has decided not to tell the truth because she's white, she's privileged, she can afford therapy and maybe she'll be okay. But life is always going to be difficult for him. Yeah, he attacked you. He attacked you and you're, you're victim blaming. Who knew we could get to this point where white people in the US are so brainwashed and gaslit on the situation that they actually feel if they are brutally attacked by a black person that they should probably lie about it because that black person is oppressed and life is hard for them so they shouldn't have to go down for it actually what she should be thinking about anyone sensible i would assume is that this person attacked her really harmed her and if he gets got free for it he could do the same thing again to someone else. But no, it's all about him, honestly. So I guess I'm curious with this episode whether it is actually being serious and the writers behind this think this is a good idea and it's showing progression. Oh my God, we're so progressive. Letting rapists go free. <laughs> Or if it is secretly trying to mock the craziness of wokeness in this hyperbolic way, because I would hope we've not had this happen yet, although it is kind of debated 
Um, you know, so many grapes go unreported, right? And people always say the bathroom debate for trans people is, you know, innocuous, you know, negligible. Why are we talking about it? Um, these things never happen. But a lot of grapes go unreported. And if a trans woman does grape a female in a bathroom, then even now, you know, I could actually see it factoring in in terms of whether that person goes to report it or not. They've been graped by attacked by a minority, you know, the most minority you can be right now is trans. So who knows? And I think regardless of that, there's probably a lot that have gone unreported just statistically. But with this, I am curious on whether they are kind of, this is a nod to the ridiculousness of wokeness. And if we keep going down this rabbit hole, this is where we're going to end up. Even if it's one of the writers kind of is secretly feeling this way, because Lord knows in the media, you would not work if you were a writer that had views such as mine, views such as J.K. Rowling, or even more moderate than that. So I I really hope it's the latter. Law and order, I really hope it's the latter because you've probably just lost a huge viewer base. Anyone who's right of center or just anyone with a brain. Anyone with a brain has probably turned that off and said, nope, I'm going to switch to another crime drama now. <sighs> it's bleak. It's bleak times. All right, back to these news items. So coming to the UK again, JK Rowling labels Guardian journalist as a progressive misogynist over parkrun trans row. This is a Guardian chief sports writer. She called him a progressive misogynist with disdain for women's sport after he dismissed concerns that transgender women could compete in parkrun's female category. So parkrun is some, you know, charity run, or at least it's not a competitive run, but you can partake in it, you can go and run in it. And they've, you know, always had records which have been female and male records, like, you know, every sporting body does because there is a big difference between men and women, which lots of people have forgotten or suppressed. <laughs> but Policy Exchange, which are a research body, they found at least three parkrun female records were held by biological men as a result of its policy of allowing entrants to self-identify their gender. So parkrun judges the records of the running based on your gender identity and not your sex. So there's been lots of arguments over this. And this sports writer was saying that it is not a problem. He said it doesn't matter because it's not competitive and there's no money at stake. It's not professional. So because of that, we can oppress women. That's the, that's the pecking order is it has to be competitive and professional to not oppress women. Okay, we see the argument there. This is misogynistic in my opinion. And, you know, did these female female biological men deserve the at least three time records let's have a look so parkrun women's record held by transgender attempted murderer it's not looking good so the person who holds the number one record for parkrun her name is lauren jessica a transgender athlete was given an 18-year sentence in 2017 for the attempted murder of a UK athletics official after she had been in a dispute with them over her eligibility to complete as a female athlete when she was born male. So, honestly, these people don't help themselves. And if you think about it, obviously, trans activists will jump to the conclusion of, oh my god, you're saying all trans people are murderers. No, get a brain. It's in here. <clears throat> but to be a trans woman who feels so narcissistic and entitled that you can start calling yourself a woman and just after taking hormones or not even taking hormones for a while and then infiltrate women's sports and take away the number one record, which another woman is never going to be able to beat because they're women. They're not biological men. They haven't gone through male puberty. If you are that messed up and entitled as a person, then who knows what else you can do? And no, I'm obviously not saying that every Leah Thomas is going to be a murderer, but to possess that level of narcissism and selfishness, you're clearly not of good character anyway. So, you know, Lauren Jessica, you are putting a sour taste in people's mouths. 
that are having a conversation around trans women in sports because, oh, look, we gave the number one record to a transgender athlete and she just happens to be serving an 18-year sentence for trying to murder an athletics official because she was saying, give me access to the sport. And obviously that person had a brain. (laughs) So watch out, everyone, because they are drunk on narcissism. And obviously this, this is... Please don't get me wrong. This is a unique case, an outlier probably, but only more reason to just shut this conversation down or just end the debate and say, no, it's biological sex. This is one of the occasions when you do need to give your birth certificate. So we go back to that Iowa story. Then it would apply. You're entering an athletic competition, an athletic event. They need to know your biological sex and that's it. All right. If anyone wants to kick off about it, you know, please don't try and kill anyone. Absolutely ridiculous. But I'm very glad that she's behind bars. But I hope that Parkrun come to their senses. Um, the fact that the fact that they've not after this is just absolutely insane. Can you think about it? Like you are a sporting body where you say, okay, let's give it a shot. Let's give trans women the right to compete with with cis women, um, quote unquote. But then you know, they say, oh my God, a trans woman, who knew? Whoops, she just won. Oh my God, she just won. That's great. DEI, hashtag DEI. And then, oh, she's uh, she tried to murder someone and now she's in jail for 18 years. Uh, maybe we should just not mention that. And then, okay, let's just continue. <laughs> let's continue. You were bound to get bad publicity. Park run. Okay, this story is ridiculous. Girl guides and brownies to have include Girl guides <laughs> and brownies to have inclusive uniform after trans rouse. I'm assuming all of you know what girl guides and brownies are, but they're like the girl version of scouts, you know, you go and explore in the woods, learn about the wilderness, being a good person that kind of stuff. So the announcement comes after Britain's biggest organization for young girls was involved in a number of controversies over trans children joining the clubs. An article was published in the Girl Guiding magazine, sounds cute, about a seven-year-old child named Rainbow, who was biologically male but had lived as a girl from age five. The parents advised that trans girls feel like girls and should be treated as such. As they are in, they are the same on the inside where it counts. Think about how problematic that is. They feel like girls, so therefore they should be treated as such. Well, I feel like a millionaire. So does that mean I can start being treated as one? I mean, I feel like I should have 50 million subscribers. And on that note, if you are enjoying this podcast and you are watching on YouTube, please consider subscribing. Hit the notification bell so you don't miss any more of my videos and comment down below. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, I would really appreciate it if you could leave me a review, five-star review, and write something if you like as well. Still working out how to grow the audio versions, although the YouTube one is growing nicely. Anyway, back to this story. In 2017, the 107-year-old organization updated its rules to allow transgender girls to share accommodation with other young members if they wish, and to use the same facilities, which applies to members aged 5 to 25. Do you not see how much of a safeguarding concern this is? Girl guides, you know? We're talking about a an initiative where a big activity you take part in is going camping with other girls, being in a tent together, being in showers together. And then they just slip this in. This is, this is what we see with a lot of these, you know, decisions by bodies. Um, these kind of non-legislative decisions which sort of predefine policy before the policy is in place. So while, you know, we don't have self-ID in this country, there's no law saying that an organization can, you know, recruit people based off gender identity rather than sex. There's no law against that, but it's just never been a thing. So we haven't had to worry about it. But this has been going on since 2017, just slipped under the radar. And it came after, you know, this family objected. And lo and behold, they just happened to have a child named Rainbow. 
nice little dose of Munchausen's by proxy there. What are the odds that you name your child Rainbow and then they are trans from age five? So these parents abuse their kid, turn their kid trans, and then they force girl guys to change their policy and then put in a serious safeguarding concern where from ages five to 25, you could be a girl. And just because a boy, quote unquote, feels like a girl, you can end up sharing a tent with them. You know, teenage girls, teenage girls sharing a tent with teenage boys because they feel like girls. Who thinks this is okay? This is so misogynistic. Girl Guides is all about raising young girls to be respectable women, you know, enjoy the wilderness, equip them with lots of interesting skills. It should be about empowering females. And, you know, it's come to light just because they're talking about having an inclusive uniform when the whole underlying story is just far more problematic. I'm reading the transgender issue at the moment. I do want to do some book reviews on this channel. Let me know if you are interested in that. But um, it does mention, uh, you know, Girl Guides and the writer of it, who is the wokest, most intersectionality gal, you know, everything is about a pecking order of, well, if you are tick, 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 you are this oppressed. If you are tick, 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 you are this oppressed. So the whole book reads like that. And she says, you know, by forcing a child to declare their biological sex, you are implying that all trans girl guides are bound to molest other girls. It's just so, such an exaggeration. And Something the gender critical people like to say is, oh my God, you're just showing your male entitlement, male privilege. Sometimes they overuse this, but this is the case. Like if you're a trans woman and you are just disregarding the safeguarding concern for teenage girls because you want to fight for this ridiculous self-ID cause, like, I'm sorry, but that, I'm not going to respect you as a woman. Society isn't going to respect you as a woman. You're a joke. You're a joke and you are selfish and you don't care about anyone except your victim minority status, if you are parents and you decide to transition your child Rainbow, then you're going to have to accept that there are certain things that Rainbow is no longer going to be able to do. You can either put Rainbow into scouts or cubs or whatever, or Rainbow can find another activity which does not involve sleeping in tents with other girls. That's the thing. It's like, there's... There's an opportunity cost for everything. You know, you decide to do one thing, that means you can't do another thing. You decide to take up ballet as a kid, that means you probably don't have time to take up basketball, you know, if you really want to commit to it. You have a certain medical condition, you know, you have something that disables you physically, then, you know, there's going to be sports that you can't take part in. And that's just reality, you know. If trans requires medical care and we want to have it as a medical condition, so you decide to transition your kid, like you're just going to have to accept that they can't do everything and take a chill pill, stop forcing all these institutions to change their rules just because you have a kid named Rainbow. Regardless of the tra trans status, it's the most cringe name. Teacher formerly known as Rachel Dolezal loses job over OnlyFans account. So for those of you who... <laughs> don't remember Rachel Dolezal or don't know who she is. She is a transracial person. So best known for the controversy surrounding her racial identity, identifying as a black woman for years and even heading the local chapter of the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, NAACP, before her parents publicly revealed she was white in 2015. So she was pretending to be black because she felt black on the inside. But we go back to the other story, you know, if she feels black on the inside, then why does she not deserve to be treated as black? Should it not be the same? How can you argue that it's different? Well, because one is race and one is gender identity. Gender identity always takes precedent. But anyway, <clears throat> she's, <laughs> Rachel Dolezal doesn't have a good track record because she seems to just not be able to chill and stop doing the most outlandish, ridiculous things. But even in spite of the massive controversy she, she received for heading, you know, a, a, a nonprofit organization for campaigning against racism as a white woman, 
you know, claiming to have this minority status, even though she, that she did that, which is the most bizarre, twisted and disrespectful thing you can really do. Well, no, don't get me wrong. It's not the most, but it's, but it's up there. It's, it's bizarre at the least. She was still hired as a teacher. So I'm all for giving second chances. I don't think that because of stupid things that we've done that we shouldn't be able to work. I think the opposite, obviously, you know, in extreme cases, that's different, but, um, you know, if she wants to go into teaching, you know, if I was a parent, I probably wouldn't want my kid around someone who, you know, believed them to be a bit different race. But if parents are happy to do it and she's she's good at her job, then I don't see any reason why not. But, you know, no, she couldn't stay. She couldn't just do this because she has to have an OnlyFans account. And this was brought to the district's attention as its posts are contrary to our district's district's use of social media by district employee the district employee policies and our staff ethics policy well no shit it's against your social media policy i would hate to know what your social media policy is if this didn't um come into it well actually let's be real we probably have schools saying it's okay to have only fans but if you are online saying that trans women aren't women then you're out <laughs> but <clears throat> The account was actually linked on her public Instagram profile, and she's since changed her name to a ethnic-sounding name. I'm not going to try to mispronounce it, but it was linked on her public Instagram account, and God knows how long she was working for with this just being publicly available. So you have a teacher with an Instagram account, you know, with your name. I have friends who are teachers and they have a different name on social media because they don't even want kids to find just normal social media accounts, let alone putting their name on a social media account and then linking an OnlyFans. So teenagers in school, why is this? It's all about, it's always about the kids, everyone. We've established that already. It's always about sexualizing children, right? So everyone who believes in this you know, all of these theories are this neo-Marxist idea. You know, reality is what we feel it is. We create reality. Everything's a performance. Um, so with that, you know, with queer theory, Marxism, um, it it questions the, the lines that we've put in place for, you know, um, what is appropriate age of consent. And I'm not surprised that she's up to no good. If it's related to that, who knows? But either way... Rachel Doldazal, it's what people are going to think. And it's your fault. You know, you can't, again, life has opportunity costs. You decide to be a teacher, then you probably shouldn't be doing porn. You probably shouldn't be doing porn. If you decide to do porn, then you probably shouldn't be working with kids. You know, choose A or B. It's not that hard. And this is the problem with OnlyFans and everything. You know, I feel like everyone and their dog has an OnlyFans and, you know, it's all well and good when you're young and sexy, but what's going to happen when, you know, you become irrelevant, then it's going to be so hard to get jobs. And I'm not someone who believes that this should be the case. I think when you're working with vulnerable people, then you probably shouldn't em- employ, you know, ex-porn stars. But for most other jobs, the reality is that a lot of men in corporate firms are very high up and they would straight away disregard an ex-porn star, but we all know that they're going home and watching porn. So it's 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 a form of media which is consumed by majority of men, at least, at the very least in Western society. But then if you take part in it and you actually give those men what they want on a regular basis to get their rocks off, then you know, you're somehow now unemployable. I think personally, I feel like if pornography is a part of society, and we are legalizing it, and it is a known media that people consume, then it should be normalized that you can be an ex-porn star and then go into an office job or be like a scientist or, you know, go into finance. I think those things should be normalized, but working with kids, obviously not. So Rachel, you crossed the line. We're going to stay on the (laughs) kids and education topic here. Because we have a teacher who just wants to express himself at school. In a normal day, these are my shoes. But sometimes, hell, I like to look sexy.
Oh my god. <laughs> I don't know where to start. Okay, so zero out of five stars for that strut. Just the randomness of this video alone. Like there's, it's so disjointed. And then we just have a tiny clip of him kicking a football in his heels, then walk, parading through the school with children around, with teenagers around, and then falling over, strutting really badly. And now we see him in the gym with leggings and heels. So I, I think it's, it's a tricky one when it comes to gender expression, when it comes to how we express ourselves, because if we want to, you know, stop people transitioning kids and not make identity the arbiter of everything these days, then we have to normalize gender nonconformity and, you know, men being able to present how they wish, women being able to present how they wish. I think gender critical people, they take it too far because now they're so lost in this rampage. They're like the other side of trans activists. I saw on Twitter, everyone was saying he's parading his fetish around. You know, it's always just automatically a fetish. And they always post about even just like, you know, Kristen Stewart, we saw her, I'll put a photo up on screen, but she did a shoot for Rolling Stones, I believe it was. And she was sort of emulating a gay man in it, but she's not claiming to be a gay man. She's not claiming to be male. And the the GCs, the gender critical people, the TERFs were just going absolutely nuts saying she's promoting gender ideology. And it's like, babes, do you, have you forgot what you're fighting for? You're fighting for men not having access to women's spaces, but we don't have to condemn everyone who just wants to be non-conforming and express themselves differently. That's actually the opposite of your cause and no one's going to take you seriously anymore. So that's one thing. But then with this, th there's a few sides to it. So if, if, if I was a very feminine gay man, and I do have a certain degree of femininity, but I wouldn't have any desire to wear heels to work. But if I naturally just was very feminine, let's take like Jeffree Star for, for, as an example, you know, was very like always wore makeup just all the time and always had long hair and always had a bit of a heel, then I don't see any reason why not if it's just part of your normal aesthetic. Now, if you're a teacher saying, sometimes I like to feel sexy and you're on camera saying that and then you're strutting around halls with students, that's not appropriate because we can always just, you know, level this back to, let's imagine a woman doing this. Okay, a woman saying, sometimes I just like to feel sexy and then strutting in her stilettos around kids, being in the gym in her stilettos, playing football. I don't blame people for thinking this might be a fetish because no one plays football in their heels. No one goes to the gym in their heels and stilettos. And it's not appropriate to use school as a place to quote unquote feel sexy. Yes, we always wear things that make us feel good. Even, you know, non-provocative outfits can make us feel a bit sexy, but that's something that we keep to ourselves because we don't, we don't bring that into school. And the fact that his school is letting him do this, like, is he the principal? The fact that he's putting it online, it's just so cringe and bizarre when adults who work around kids, like, put themselves online and know that they're, that, that the kids that they teach can just find their TikTok. You know, the internet, there needs to be, again, an opportunity cost for deciding, okay, I'm a teacher. That means I can't have this kind of social media. And if I want to work around kids, then I just can't do it. So... I think even if you were a woman working in a school and you wore stilettos this tall, so if you're audio listeners, he's wearing stilettos that are pretty darn tall, pink leggings, crop top, it wouldn't work. And, it, you know, we can think of it this way when we talk about drag story hour. People say, what's the harm? Well, just imagine if this was a woman in highly provocative outfit, fake breasts, fake ass, over the top makeup, then no one would want their kids at that. But because it's drag queens and they're inclusive, it should be allowed. I'm, I'm not for putting men and women into boxes, but I do think that you have to kind of meet society where it's at. And that's the way the world works because the world is not all about you. It's not your world and everyone else is living in it. So if there's a certain level of comfortability society is at, and if it's not normal at the moment for men to strut down halls in schools wearing five-inch stilettos, then you probably shouldn't do it. If it's not normalized yet for men to be out wearing dresses all the time, like, you, you know, you just see them all the time, it's just totally normal, then you probably shouldn't be doing it in the school. And I think that's just the way it is. I think that we can work towards a future where 
those things are normalized. While it is this way, you need to kind of take baby steps and assimilate yourself. All in all, I think it's inappropriate. I hope parents are complaining about this. Now, the next video is a bit disturbing. I just want to warn you. This is a trans woman, quote unquote woman, in a bathroom stall filming. So for audio listeners, I'll explain, but let's play the clip. Did you see that? He was insane. Ew, why the f did you just kick my camera? No, I didn't have it under your f stall at all. You just kicked it on my f dick. Literally, my f dick. That's what you did. Did you really want to f stall my dick? That's what you wanted? I have a f dick, bitch. Literally, a f dick. You literally showed my f dick, you f bitch. That's not f funny. Like, at all. And you expect me to show my f like, ew, you f bitch. Ew, you're f gross. Oh my god. How disturbing. How disturbing. So, audio listeners, this is a trans woman by the name of Cade, who was on a live in a cubicle and decided to put the phone down on the floor, slide it into the other cubicle, and record the woman in the stall next to him. I'm not going to call, I'm not going to give this person the decency of calling them him, her, because this is absolutely disgusting. And you know, oh, it's not a risk to have trans women in women's bathrooms. Clearly it is. Clearly the bathroom debate has a place because this man was in a cubicle recording and then puts the phone into the other cubicle to record the poor woman in that cubicle. How absolutely vile and disgusting. So then the woman immediately kicks the phone back because naturally you would. And then he claims that because she did this, the camera was now pointing at his penis. Now, it wasn't. You don't see his penis. Um, you don't even know if he is undressed in any way. It's not possible to see. But then he just proceeds to verbally abuse her, saying, what the F? You just put it on my dick. Like, how many times did he say, you just put it on my dick? That's my dick. So, disgusting. Absolutely vile. I hope this person's TikTok gets deleted. I hope that this wakes at least some people up to this debate, that there is a debate that we can at least start there, that, you know, this is a concern. And I really hope that the woman this happened to is okay. I think it is absolutely vile. 100% disgusting. Cade, you're gross. All right. So Joe Biden has joined TikTok, everyone. And it is super cringe, to say the least. So his campaign has created a TikTok account and... You can just see on the front page, you know, his tagline is, quote-unquote, grows the economy. <laughs> That's it. And it's a lie because, you know, I don't live in the US, but I do know that, you know, Trump grew the economy a lot more than Joe Biden. He obviously had COVID to deal with, but I've heard numerous testaments from so many people on how much of a shambles he is. Even liberals agree let me know if you disagree. I'd be very curious to know and have some more context there. But he is known for being a president that has campaigned uh, or talked about America banning TikTok. But now he's having his foot in the game. And I think you can argue that this is nefarious or just absolutely a clown show. And at the very least, it is so cringe. You know, every video he has is basically him taking a dig at Trump. So let's look at his first TikTok, which he titled, LOL, guys. These are Niners. Two great quarterbacks, hard to decide. But if I didn't say I was for the Eagles, then I'd be sleeping alone. My wife's a Philly girl. Game or commercials? Game. Game or halftime show? Game. Jason Kelsey yeah. or Travis Kelsey? Mama Kelsey. I understand she makes great chocolate chip cookies. Deviously plotting to rig the season so the Chiefs would make the Super Bowl or the Chiefs just being a good football team? You get in trouble if I told you. Trump or Biden? Are you kidding? <laughs> Biden. Oh, so you can see the profile picture is just his face with two lasers in the eyes. Like, what is that? 
meant to signify like blitzing Donald Trump. It's just so cringe. You know, you're you're the president of the United States and you have a TikTok account making yourself look like a complete idiot. And I don't only think it's cringe, but I think it's irresponsible for a politician to, you know, use this app, which we know is like the app of the echo chamber. And it's how so many kids are getting their political beliefs. And instead, you know, it's one thing to create a TikTok as a politician and say, these are the policies I believe in. And this is what I think we should do. And if you vote for me, I'm going to try and do this stuff. You know, I can get more on board with that. It actually has some integrity. But his entire TikTok is just video after video tearing Trump to shreds. Now, I'm not here to defend Trump, but it's not, it's so unclassy. It's not, now instead of, because politics is a dichotomy between red and blue, left and right, same in the UK, we have conservatives and labor, America, Republicans and Democrats, you know, it doesn't matter anymore on having integrity and telling people, these are all the incredible things we're going to do for you. It's actually easier for them just to demonize the other side. So it's like, well, if I can just make the other person look like an idiot, then that will still get me more than 50% of the vote. So I don't even really have to give all the promises. This one says almost as much as the caption. We have two pictures with some music in the background saying, I love you almost as much as Trump loves banning abortion. I love you almost as much as Trump loves telling Russia to invade Europe. Like this is, it's just so unprofessional. These two clowns are running for president. This, th- these are the people that are representing your entire country, US. This next one is, he's done at the New York Times as the title. And then he said, 2024 voting guide. He encouraged Russia to invade Europe. There's a photo of Donald Trump on a golf cart looking absolutely exhausted and, you know, very old, very incapable, which is ironic, considering Joe Biden, basically 200 years old. And then there's a photo of Joe Biden looking, you know, prosperous, happy, pathetic. This is how you're going to win over the younger generation, Joe Biden. Honestly, US, I feel sorry for you. I mean, I'm in the same position because... We have our election this year too, and they are all just shocking choices. I don't know what I'm going to do. Why just take a stand and not vote? Joe Biden, who is on record for <laughs> saying, if you don't vote for me and you vote for Trump, you're not black. So if you're a black person and you don't vote for him, then you're not really black. Him and Barack Obama were both opposed to gay marriage. The other sides don't want you to see. Watch this space, the Democrats. Last night, my daughter asked me again to transition. And this time she did it in front of her father, who also wishes I would detransition. And my heart hurts so bad. Proud of the way I handled it, and I did well. Um, but clearly, I still am not doing enough for this child, and I will keep trying. But, you know, afterwards I went for a walk and I calmed down, so that I could read the kids' bedtime stories and be normal. And I managed that, it was fine. Um, and then the kids went off to bed, and uh, my husband came to you know, check on me and make sure I was okay. And I was like, like, we had a longer conversation, I'm just abbreviating it for you. Um, basically, it's an emperor's new clothes situation. The child is just saying what everybody thinks. And as much as I would have loved him to disagree with me, he didn't. Instead, while we were packing lunches, he let me know that he finds it really confronting now that people are starting to gender me correctly uh, in front of him, particularly um, my he-him pronouns. What am I supposed to do with that information? Oh, you poor mother. You poor... It's all about you. We need to feel so sorry for you, you know, traumatizing your children, forcing your husband to now be in a gay relationship. For these... You can just see how lost these people are, that they are this level of selfish. That she says, I need to do more work for my kid yeah you do (laughs) the work you need to do is not erase her mother that's the work you need to do and not have your child lose their mother because you now have decided you want to be a man and don't get me wrong like i'm really sorry if this person has trauma, difficulties, gender dysphoria, that must be really difficult. But 
you make the decision to become a parent, you make the decision to marry your husband and then have children together, then you do not take their mother away just because now you've decided your life, your pronouns, your identity takes precedent over the health of your kids. And I just think it's so irresponsible. And we see it, you know, th this is like a trans widow, except in reverse, because uh, men who then identify as women and then, you know, their kids have to go through with it, their wife to go through with it. And everyone says they're so brave. She says that everyone else has started to gender me correctly because naturally they probably think that she's so brave. She's kept the secret, you know, since she was a child, which if she has, then you should not have got married to a man and had kids. It's the same thing that if you're gay, if you're a gay man and you, you want to repress it, so you get married, that's disgusting. Like, I'm sorry, but just because you're struggling, it does not give you the right to pull other people into your lie and into your suppression of your struggles and trauma. They are not characters in a play, in a movie, with you as the central character. They are real people. They are now your children, and you are taking their mother away. And I just, I mean, I've, I feel emotional thinking of this poor girl begging her mother to detransition because she doesn't want to lose her mother, especially trans men. A lot of them are very passable after they've been on testosterone. Can you imagine being a little girl whose mother makes this decision and now she's gone and everything's about her? Oh, like I had to take a walk. I was so upset. How, yeah, how about thinking about your daughter and how she feels? I don't think I have anything else to say on it. Um, I'm like very out at work. Um, I, at least at my teaching job, I'm very out. I wear my pronouns and stuff. Um, and I'm like, I like correct the kids and the, like the kids have gotten to like correcting each other. And it was like so awesome today. We were, I was in charge of our like active activity and one of the kids referred to me as a girl. And one of my kids was like, Jamie doesn't have a gender. Jamie's not a girl. Oh my God. And like the kid was just like, what do you mean? And she was just like, Jamie doesn't have a gender. Jamie is not a girl. I like the way that like, the way it has me is so emotional. <laughs> like, she like even like like said the pronouns to him. Oh my god. She was like Jamie's they. <laughs> She's eight. <laughs> my 52-year-old parents still fucking call me she after being out for three years. <laughs> and I like just told the like really like started correcting the kids back in like September. <laughs> like that was like so awesome. That was just like so awesome. Like I've like never felt more love than like when I am with my kids. <laughs> Like, they, like, correct each other. Are you kidding me? What is happening to the schools? What's happening to the schools? <laughs> Guys, these are your teachers. Again, it's like you're involving the, li the little kids in your charade and you are the central character. And these kids are little pawns around you to validate you and give you this gender euphoria by calling you they and saying you're not a girl. You are. You are giving woman as well. The fact that you are getting this upset over this like happily tearful over kids calling you they, you know, how often do you see men doing that? And I'm not being sexist saying that. I'm just saying there are differences between the sexes and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, the, the, the tears are very forced anyway. So I'm not buying into that. And then I've seen this argument before. She's like, oh my God, my 52 year old parents can't get it. But these kids got it in like two weeks. They're kids. You can convince kids that a man eats a bowl of jelly and works with a bunch of elves in the North Pole and then flies around giving them presents on Christmas Day without question. So you are saying because these kids get it, then, you know, why can't everyone else get it? Yeah, because it's not true. Those kids are going to grow up and be like, you remember that? Like, th th this is my prediction is that in, well, hopefully sooner, but at least 20 years non-binary is going to be a thing of the past and we're going to say like remember that time period when people thought they could be neither men nor women like cringe um and those kids will grow up and say remember our teacher was one of those weird people that convinced us that she wasn't a woman the level of entitlement and selfishness with people these days is so concerning and i really mean that and you have to laugh at it because it's so bleak and it's so depressing but it's concerning that we have a lot of these people going into these professions and their whole life is just them that's narcissism guys it's it's when people around you are just 
pawns in your story and anything they do, anything you do for them is just because it somehow fits into your narrative. I'm sorry for the kids. It's been fun today, guys. We got through loads of stories. For those of you who keep coming back, I really appreciate it. There are definitely a small little crew, especially when you watch on the lives. So I see you. Um, it means so much to me that you are continuing to support me, that you like my content. And watch out for the next episode because I'm going to be interviewing another YouTuber who did a gender studies degree. And he's a straight white male. <gasps> Shocker. But he has a lot to say about this course. So we're going to dig deep into that. And with that said, I will see you in the next one.